But first, there's an estimated 68,000 people without homes in Chicago, according to the Chicago Coalition for the Homeless. And that's an increase of nearly 3,000 from last year. Shelters are severely strained by the influx of migrants, and there's not enough affordable housing to go around. The mayor is hoping to change that with his Bring Chicago Home proposal. Brandon Johnson wants to boost funding to programs that provide support to people experiencing homelessness. But his plan relies on raising the tax on sales of properties worth more than a million dollars. And there are big questions about whether the revenue from this tax would actually accomplish its goal. Plus, the real estate industry isn't happy about it either. City Council is set to hear public comment on this plan for the first time tomorrow. And here with more details is WBEZ city government reporter Tessa Weinberg. Hey, Tessa. Hey, good to see you. Thanks for having me. So why is this uh, somewhat obscure tax the way that the administration hopes to, to raise the necessary revenue for these programs? Yeah, you know, advocates and progressive alder persons have really framed this tax increase as a way to ensure that, you know, people experiencing homelessness have a dedicated revenue stream, that the city has a dedicated funding source it's pulling from to be able to address this and, you know, pulling from sales of, for example, million dollar mansions as a way to fund that. Um, This wouldn't just be home sales, though. It is all property sales. So like commercial buildings, which I think we've seen some of the opposition come from associations representing those groups. Um, And the proposal, how it's framed currently, is that the um, property sales that are under one million dollars would actually get a tax cut, um, which, you know, advocates have noted is the majority of sales. Um, And Mayor Brandon Johnson has, you know, said that this is just one way that the city can be, you know, generating revenue to address what's been, you know, a longstanding problem that he says has gone addressed for too long. And so uh, tomorrow we'll have a hearing on the um, resolution. And ultimately, this would be a uh, referendum that would go before voters in the spring if it is passed by Mm -hmm. city council. Um, And then if voters were to pass it, it would go back to city council to actually authorize this tax and, you know, put it in place. So it's definitely a long road to go still. And and so we're clear, I mean, Mayor Johnson agreed to a a compromise plan in August that uh, creates a a graduated tier system. So for folks who are looking to buy or sell a house, I mean, what would you say they need to know about who the tax would apply to specifically? Right. Yeah. So for um, basically any property sales that are uh, under one million dollars, you're actually going to get a a tax cut under this proposal. The the real estate transfer tax would decrease uh, 20 percent to a rate of 0.6 percent, which is, you know, three dollars about for every five hundred dollars of the transfer price. Um, And then for portions of the property that's valued between one to $1.5 million, the tax rate is going to increase by more than two and a half times um, to basically $10 for every $500 of the transfer price. Okay. And then basically property sales over $1.5 million, that's going to see the largest increase. The tax rate is going to increase by four times the current rate. The new rate would be 3%, which is about $15 for every $500 of the transfer price. Wow. Okay. And the city has noted they do want to make exceptions for affordable housing under this proposal as well, that those would not be subject to the the tax. So as I mentioned, there are questions about um, how effective this would be. So for example, revenue projections from this tax will be 37% lower than originally anticipated uh, this fiscal cycle. So what's going on there? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that's according to Johnson's own calculations. Right. Definitely. Yeah. So because this tax is based on property sales, you know, it can fluctuate on any given year on the housing market. You know, it's not a guarantee what it will necessarily bring in. Um, you know, like you mentioned, Bear Johnson's budget forecast that he released, you know, it noted that the real estate transfer tax um, is going to end this year 37 percent under budget mm-hmm. or, or $82.1 million less than anticipated because of a slowdown in the real estate market. You know, um, other places like Colorado that have a similar tax. They've seen fluctuations as well, um, you know, it decreasing, you know, in the wake of the recession, other times increasing with booming real estate markets and that, um, you know, it, it's not necessarily, you know, a perfect solution of, you know, it's not always maybe, you know, a guarantee what you're going to get, but proponents um, like Alderperson Maria Haddon, who's one of the sponsors of the measure, notes yeah. that there is no fully reliable revenue source, you know, that, that these fluctuations are normal. Right. Yeah. But that, you know, a dedicated source is, is still needed. Has this been tried before? You know, this is the longest we've seen or furthest we've seen, you know, it progress in in Chicago City Council. You know, last year under former Mayor Lori Lightfoot, proponents, you know, couldn't even get a a public hearing on the measure. And so this is significant progress we've seen. It's still got a long way to go. And I think, you know, there's uh, examples of other places, like I mentioned, in Colorado, where cities there have a real estate transfer tax and revenue goes towards things like affordable housing. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of an example, you know, we can turn to. Officials there who rely on the revenue for that tax, they've noted that because it, it does fluctuate, it, it's, you know, changes from year to year that they often, you know, budget conservatively for what it's going to bring in, knowing that, you know, it's going to fluctuate. Some years are going to be more or less than others. Uh, and there are two options here, right? One that one that would involve the state to sign off on this. Yeah. So this um, whole process to increase the real estate transfer tax, it, it's governed by state law. Um, so, you know, if you know, it's going to state lawmakers is not a route. There's this referendum route. Um, but the the whole process of, um, you know, how a city can increase this tax, even down to, you know, the way the uh, referendum language needs to be worded is laid out in state law, which is why we're seeing the hearing tomorrow, um, because it's required that a public hearing be held, give the chance of public to weigh in before a resolution to put the referendum on the ballot can even be passed. So this is kind of one of those first steps outlined. Um, so, yeah, talking more about that, that public response here, there are concerns that this is going to discourage people from buying properties. What are you hearing from realtors? I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Illinois Realtors Association, other groups have, you know, already been sounding the alarm of how they think this is going to, you know, harm the real estate market. They've noted that, you know, during a time of rising interest rates, low inventory, high property taxes, that this is going to be, you know, another layer of ta- taxation that they think is going to discourage, you know, real estate investment, re- residentially and commercial uh, in Chicago. You know, they note that, um, this could make housing more expensive if costs are, you know, passed to renters. They also note that, you know, there's, um, you know, buildings that are used for uh, both, you know, commercial you know, businesses on the main level, housing up top, that maybe that could affect, you know, both businesses and renters. And so they've already been, you know, really sounding the alarm, doing kind of a, a public awareness campaign yeah. already to ask people to, to oppose this. Yeah. And of course, this is coming as prices of homes here in, in Chicago they're growing at twice the speed of, of the nations, right? And I saw a piece in Cranes last week that scared me when I, <laughs> when I read that. Um, there's also the potential here, Tessa, for renters uh, to have some consequences. Let's listen to Tommy Choi of the Illinois Realtors Association. Landlords with these multifamily buildings, they cost north of a million dollars. That's going to increase uh, the costs 
that will eventually just get passed down to the tenant, right? An increased rent. Yeah. What do we know about this possibility? Yeah, I think it remains to be seen, you know, how landlords may choose to pass on those costs to their renters. But, you know, there's no denying it It would be, you know, there would be kind of more that they're going to have to pay increased, um, you know, no taxes on this when they when they do sell the property. Uh, but I think, yeah, it remains to be seen kind of how much renters would actually be the ones seeing that um, or whether they'd be kind of, you know, footing the bill for it. Yeah. Well, you know, for me, it's hard to wrap my mind around one million dollars. Never touched it. <laughs> Never had Same. that much money. Um <laughs> So, I mean, try your best here to help us understand. I mean, if someone has enough money to buy a property that's over a million dollars, I mean, would this tax actually put a dent in their budget? Yeah. So when it's helpful for me to kind of when you hear, yeah, the actual kind of dollar amounts, maybe someone would face, um, you know, in a briefing to older persons that was laying out, you know, here's actually how the numbers would change. Um, it laid out an example. So if a property was sold for $1.2 million under the current real estate trans, uh, real estate tax transfer rate, um, they would be paying $9,000. Um, but under the new proposal, that's going to increase then to $10,000. So it'd be a $1,000 increase, which maybe if you can afford to buy a million dollar home, wouldn't be, you know, a huge dent in your budget. Um, meanwhile, for, you know, someone who's maybe buying a $500,000 property, which would fall under that less than $1 million range, mm-hmm. they're going to be getting a tax cut. So their tax would go from $3,750 under the current rate um, to $3,000. So under $750 cut. Um, so yeah, I definitely think, you know, the bigger you go with some of these property sales, you're going to be paying more. Um, but that kind of helped sure. me put in perspective just, you know, the actual dollars we're talking about here. Yeah, no, thank you for that. Um, something else, there's a, a group called Realtors in Opposition to Real Estate Transfer Tax. It's affiliated with the head of the Illinois Realtors Association, and they're sending mailers to their members, which are pretty suggestive. Mm -hmm. Uh, They read, quote, Chicago property owners, your taxes are going up. I mean, is that what's going on? So not quite. Yeah. So that's I think they're getting ahead of themselves a little bit. Um, you know, the mailers scare tactic there. Yeah. The mailers are, you know, urging folks to contact their older person, contact Mayor Johnson, say, you know, you oppose seeing a tax increase. But I think important to note that this tax increase, the has to be approved by voters. And in order to even have voters decide this question, this resolution before city council has to get passed. Right now, it's still in committee. Mm -hmm. um, So it's got some more steps to go. Um, And so, you know, we'll have to see, you know, when exactly its passage, you know, ends up happening. But first, it'd have to be passed by the full city council. Then it would head to the ballot for um, the primary election in March of next year. Then voters would get a chance to weigh in and say, do they want to see this, you know, tax increase, um, you know, go into effect or not? And then it would still get punted back to city council members to actually now enact um, and have the authority to authorize this tax increase. So they're not really necessarily going up quite yet. And it would probably still be several years before this is actually enacted and in place and as a, you know, homeowner buying a property, you would actually maybe start to see that new tax increase. Still quite the process ahead. Well, before I let you go, I want to touch on the ever-present need to to find shelter for migrants, many of whom are still sleeping at police stations. Yeah, thousands, yeah. Um, We've got a lot of focus happening right now in the media and elsewhere on these tent cities that are being promised by the mayor, but the city council is also working on finding additional shelter sites. So tell us about those. Yeah, you know, I know there's been a lot of focus on these um, kind of winterized base camps is how the administration's described it, um, that they've, you know, uh, inked a up to $29 million contract with for a 
private security firm to operate. Um, but the city is also, you know, I think it's a both and rather than an either or approach. I'm still working to open additional shelter sites um, throughout the city. City council members recently, um, you know, were asked to approve the sale of a former uh, Marine Corps, you know, training center on the North Shore Channel. So the city can, you know, actually own that property and that land. They said they hope to initially convert that into a shelter for new arrivals, pointing to the fact that, you know, it already has things like a shower and mess hall. Right. Um, and that, you know, maybe down the road it could be used for something like recreation. But I think it's, you know, multiple lanes that the administration and city are trying to go after of knowing they need, you know, more maybe permanent um, shelter sites mm-hmm. and, and buildings that could, you know, house people while at the same time, you know, winter is coming. We're seeing the pace of, you know, buses continue to arrive and increase. Um, and, you know, knowing that we need still, you know, maybe more immediate solutions as well. Absolutely. We've got a, a lot of people to house. Yeah. Right? Um, there's harsh criticism of the company Garda World, who's been uh, uh, awarded a $29 million contract to set up that tent city that we were just talking about. And the, the mayor continues to defend his decision, though. Mm-hmm. Why? You know, I think the administration has pointed to they are trying to, you know, there's maybe not really good options right now and they need to act quickly and do what they can. You know, specifically with Garter World, um, it's a, you know, state contract um, and they were able to kind of model the city's version of that contract off of that master contract. So it allowed them to move, you know, really quickly. And they've pointed to the fact that, you know, there's only so many vendors and contractors you could turn to who can, you know, you know, are in this business that could really quickly set up, you know, these huge structures across the city, you know, and be able to just stand up these these things really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been, you know, criticisms, though, from older persons, from advocates um, pointing to Garter World's, you know, history. They face past allegations of, you know, mistreatment uh, of workers and, you know, places like that all across the, the country. Um, and so I do think there has been a lot of criticism, though, of this contract and the administration has stressed that, you know, they hope to still have, you know, nonprofits and things like that come in and, and staff these sites. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it remains to be seen what exactly that will look like and how much Garden World will eventually be the ones, you know, operating them. We'll leave it there for now. I think I've had you in the hot seat long mm-hmm. enough. Tessa Weinberg, WBEZ City Government Reporter. Thanks again. Thanks.